and welcome to another edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We're the Broncos coverage team for the Denver Post, and this is a follow-up edition of the pod. Looking at free agency, Ryan, me and you sat down uh, just last week to talk about Kareem Jackson uh, and Juwan James uh, being added into this mix. But sure enough, we're done recording. I think it's maybe a day later, uh, two days later. Uh, the Broncos made another splash. They get a guy in Bryce Callahan. And so as, as we look at what the Broncos have done in free agency, uh, let's start there because we talked about these other two guys. But here's Callahan, another guy from this Vangio system who comes in, uh, a secondary player who's going to bolster this unit, you figure, Ryan. Are you surprised they went so heavy into secondary, into free agency? And is that where you would have started if you were in Fangio's shoes? Yeah. Um, first of all, I think it's, it's, it's our first time recording at Casa Fredrickson. That's true. What true. would be the neighborhood this is called? Uh, this is uh, Sloan's Lake. Sloan's Lake. Yes, okay. For, spot. for those of you who are aware of that, it's a very <laughs> nice area. Um, let's start with Callahan and Jackson. Um, this was a secondary that needed to be rebuilt. Um, you you kind of knew they were going to move on with Bradley Roby. That's a prediction that wasn't tough and it was right. Um, they released Darian Stewart. I don't think that had much of an impact because he's a safety. But you know, I had heard before the combine that the Kareem Jackson was on that radar. They needed somebody who could play inside and outside a corner. The, the fact that he can help at safety is a bonus. Um, the Callahan thing makes total sense. But after the Jackson signing, I was, uh, I was saying, okay, do they have the money in place to make that happen? But they did. Um, you know, I think he admitted it on his conference calls. You know, he was a second wave guy, and but he still got pretty good money. So I think that gives them three corners that can play inside and outside. A lot of versatility from week to week in terms of how Vic wants to call the plays and how he wants to dictate matchups. And also, uh, Jackson has the ability to play safety, although he hasn't played it that much. With Callahan, does he fit more of that slot corner role? Do you see him, him taking that inside guy and maybe allowing Chris Harris to, to take a number one receiver on the outside more often? Is, is that the thought, at least initially? I think that is the thought going forward, too. Um, and I think that was the thought with Kareem Jackson. You know, Vic Fangio said to Combine, you can never have enough uh, corners. He thought, you know, he estimated they were in nickel in Chicago last year, 75 to 80% at the time. That may be a little high, but still. You know, 65 is sort of the going rate for percentages. Um, when they when they got Jackson in the fold, okay, that gives them flexibility. Callahan was almost strictly a, a slot corner or slot cover guy this year for the Bears. So if he plays outside, uh, be interesting to see what happens there. But I think I think it's going to be dictated by that week's opponent. You know, if Antonio Brown is in Week One, um, does 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 Vic like Chris Harris on him no matter where he goes? You know that's a that's a big ask for throughout the whole game. But I think the important part for Broncos fans are when you sign these guys, you can maybe for one series put Kareem Jackson on, and there's not a fall off. Uh, but what it what Callahan and Jackson arriving does, it puts Chris Harris's future in doubt. Right, and that's where I wanted to kind of jump in, Ryan. You mentioned it at the top when we talked about the decision to bring in Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan. Do they have enough money to pay all these guys? If you're going to have an elite secondary, how are you going to make the numbers work? And here's Chris Harris, one year left on a five-year deal. John Elway's essentially punted the question every time he's been asked about when that negotiation might start or finish uh, in terms of getting an extension done. Because Chris Bowler is a pro bowler who's not making pro bowl money, and now the Broncos are spending a bunch of cash in the secondary. Yeah. It just seems like this could get ugly, Ryan. Um, it sure as hell is going to get interesting. Um 
with Jackson's arrival, I thought, okay, that could be a good thing for Chris because he can be in a position to make plays. If they extend him, they'll probably still make sure he's the highest paid corner on the team. Then they sign Callahan. Okay, now my thought is um, they're just going to let him play it out. Maybe the opinion of the new coaching staff is not as high as Chris's of himself which is fine. Everything changes when you have a new staff. You know, Vance Joseph and Joe Woods may have said, hey, we got to earmark this guy for an extension. Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel come in and say, hey, slow your roll. And you're going you're gonna to listen to the new staff. Chris's approach going forward is being interesting. If I'm him, I don't show up for voluntary stuff. I got one year left on my deal. I'm not wasting snaps. Um, do the Broncos shop him? Let's think about that for a second. Um, you know, if, if you get a team that's interested in extending him and they work that out, you can maybe get a third-round pick for him. Um, but, you know, he has an ACL and a broken leg on his dossier. That's a big deal. Corners traditionally start to slow down at age 30 when they're healthy. That's something to consider. So Harris's thing, and let's face it, there were no there were no talks at the combine. They ran into each other. I mean, any talk that there was progress was asinine. Final thought on Harris's. A lot of our esteemed colleagues in the media here in Denver are going to say, Chris Harris deserves an extension. Well, I think it was the Clint Eastwood character in Unforgiven who said, deserve it ain't got nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Eastwood reference? Appreciate um, it. This is is business, man. This is pro football. This This is a tough, tough business for these guys. Just because you deserve something doesn't mean you're going to get it. And you mentioned it, but the age factor, if this is a team that's trying to rebuild what it has on defense, you got to be careful about which of those guys that you keep around and how much those salaries are going to be. And, you know, when you look at Jackson and Callahan, I mean, that one-two punch, Ryan, is that one of the better, you know, in the league right now, at least on paper when you look at it? Like Jackson, Harris, Callahan could be the best one-two-three. Jackson, Callahan. Hey, let's go on hypotheticals here. Let's say Chris Harris isn't in their plans beyond this year. I think you got to draft a corner then. You know, day two, second or third round, they're poking around on those kind of guys at the combine. Um, you know, Call- if you want Callahan to play every snap, he has an extensive injury history. Um, I think keeping him as a number three guy um, is a, at a luxury price uh, makes sense. For sure. So, Ryan, let's sort of wrap up the podcast here looking at two different categories of Broncos here. Uh, We've got the Broncos who have gone into free agency and re-signed with the team, and then those guys who've gone in and have left and gone somewhere else. But let's start with the guys who've gone somewhere else. You brought up some players that we weren't surprised to see go. Uh, Bradley Roby maybe being on the top of the list going to the Texans. You knew there was a chance that Matt Paradis wasn't going to come back after that leg injury, uh, and with sort of what he was going to garner on the open market, he goes to to Carolina. In your estimation, of all the guys the Broncos lost, who are they going to miss most? I mean, could it be Shaq Barrett, Max Garcia, Billy Turner? Bring me through who you think is is the biggest impact departure there. Well, I mean, I would say Parrott is by default. Um, let's go with those five names. We're not including Brandon Marshall, Darian Stewart, because they they then you know basically released. You know, Roby, he got a one year deal for ten million dollars. God bless America. I thought he was <laughs> terrible this year. Um, Shaq Barrett got a one year deal because he was injured, um, so he's got a prove it deal. Garcia, whatever. Turner got crazy money. I think if the Broncos – the Broncos made an effort to resign Billy, but that was going to be as a right guard. Um, I think he prefers right tackle. He took a huge payday to Green Bay to do that, see how that works out. Paradis is the other one. I thought John Elway was pretty transparent on Friday when saying, hey, they were really concerned about his recovery from the broken leg. Does that mean he was behind schedule? No, but I think it means, hey, will he? how will he move around? He's already got two surgically constructed hips. 
that's legitimate. I mean, they were in talks for a long-term extension before his broken leg. Broncos, as their right, took that offer and made it a shorter-term deal. He went to Carolina. So, you know, they're paying left guard Ron Leary a lot of money. They're paying right tackle Jawan James a lot of money. Um, you cannot pay all five spots. So they feel, I think, with a veteran at guard with Leary and a veteran at quarterback with Flacco, they can maybe work in a, a rookie center if they do not stick with Connor McGovern and maybe think of McGovern at right guard. Right, and Ryan, is we sort of shift the conversation back to who the Broncos have now resigned through this free agency period. Of course, a fluid situation, more players could end up ended up back with the Broncos. Um, but a few of these players, we knew they were coming back probably. It made a lot of sense. Shelby Harris had a huge year, defensive tackle. Uh, Casey Kreider was able to rework his deal to be affordable as a Pro Bowl long snapper uh, coming back. But I was a little bit surprised by Jeff Hireman uh, remaining with the Broncos, maybe just because of an overall lack of production. I mean, of course, yes, he got hurt last year. Uh, he was having a career year up until that point. But for a guy who's been in the league for five years and has done so little to sort of continue to have the faith of that organization that drafts him, it just seems rare, right? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things played in the hire, man. I disagree with two-year deal. Um, I think you know, most people would just because that availability issue. But the tight ends were flying off the market in free agency. And if you're the Broncos, it is a deep tight end draft class, but you know where does where does where do you draft fit with where those guys are going to go? But I think mostly with Hireman coming back was the Jake Butt Troy Fumagalli coming back off ACL and Sportsernia uh, recover injuries respectively. So you know they it's probably a one year deal in writing, uh, but I think they felt like they needed at least some insurance there. Jeff hasn't stayed healthy either. That's the other thing. So um, I do think they're going to you know draft one. Um, I would rule one out at 10. If Hawkinson is there, gets past the Jags, gets past the Lions, you know, Joe Flacco threw the tight end a lot in Baltimore. This offense from the Shanahan tree, George Kittle, we all remember that game last year. So I think they do need to get, I think Jake Butt can be that guy as a receiver, but I think maybe you have to draft some depth there. I asked this question a week ago when we talked about free agency, and I'll ask it again. Any other moves you foresee the Broncos making? Uh, they don't have a whole lot of cap space left. What, $15 million, I think, uh, I saw last. So they're limited in what they can do, but are there some positions or players that you figure at least they'll be sniffing out in, in the coming days? Yeah, they're probably poking around on some depth guys. You know, you mentioned $15 million. I think probably eight of that has to go to the draft class. So you have to. So basically that gets you down to seven. Now you're looking at signing a guy or two for the veteran minimum who can play special teams. Um, you know, there are a couple of linebackers out there who they feel can run and can help as a core guy. You know, they it doesn't they, it doesn't seem like they're interested in, or in getting busy with the O line. They prefer to maybe wait for the draft for that, which is probably the right move. But you know, I think you know we're taping this Monday morning. If you see any activity over the next four or five days, it's going to be you know guys who aren't going to be starters but uh, maybe have a familiarity with Fangio or Scangarello. For sure, Ryan, and of course we'll be following it the rest of the way as the Broncos head into their off-season program. Seems like OTAs will be here before we know it, so be sure to check out all of our content at denverpost.com. Uh, subscribe, get that print edition delivered to your door every single morning, and also subscribe to The First and Orange. We'll be dropping several more editions uh, throughout the coming weeks, examining different issues the Broncos will be facing all off-season long. So thanks for listening in, and we will see you next time.